everything that you think is true is true because you believe that it's true. Belief is the cornerstone to every single thing shuffled away in your mind. That's the case, why not believe something powerful? Welcome to the Grow Time Business Devo, where we explore biblical principles for living a high performance and a God-honoring life. My name is Kenneth Ott. And uh, today, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 4, a couple verses in, in chapter 4 and a couple verses in chapter 5. And this is an area, this is probably, there's a, there's a few verses in here that you've heard before, most likely. Um, but I kind of wanted to look at, um, I kind of wanted to look at how we can pull out um, a couple things, maybe from a different perspective on these verses. And so I'm gonna go ahead and read them. I'm gonna start in verse uh, chapter four, verses 17 and 18. And then I'm gonna read chapter five, verses, verses six, seven, and eight. Starts here, chapter four, verses 17 and 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight and glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then chapter five, verse six through eight. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent with the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well-pleased rather to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. Okay, so you've heard these verses probably before. And the thing I want to pull out of this today is how these verses might apply to your your life mission and um, perhaps the businesses that you're running, maybe your decision-making. I think there are some perspectives here that, that are really powerful for those things. And so uh, I've just got a couple things to bring out. The first one is this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna label this seeing the invisible. In both these, in both these passages, it talks about um, not trusting your eyes, but walking by faith, not by sight. Uh, in chapter four, verse, verse 18, it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So the first point I want to take away is our eyes cannot be trusted, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. But why is that? It's because our eyes cannot be trusted. Our sight, also known as our feelings, around a situation, right? You, you think that what you see, and I do this all the time, like you may think that, well, my sight is, is the facts, right? I see something and that has to be the case. But we know how, we know we see things and then they get interpreted, right? Our brain interprets things a certain way and we have a certain feeling. And really those feelings are what influence our interpretation of what we're seeing. So really, when we talk about sight, we're not talking about 
the thing, it's actually how we see the thing in front of us. And feelings can be manipulated. Feelings lie to us. Feelings can't be trusted. We know we've all had that feeling to do something at a certain point in time, and then it ended up being not so good an idea to actually do that thing. This is how scams work, right? Like scams work in such a way that you um, think there's, there's an illusion that's being created in front of you and you're being tricked. And so your eyes are lying to you, right? You're seeing something and you're being manipulated. So, so feelings and sight and our eyes can't be trusted. And so what does this mean? Well, when we're, when we're leading in a business or a family or anything like that, where our, one of our key jobs, maybe, maybe the most important job, is actually making decisions, right? And making wise decisions. And we all know that decisions based on feelings, whether that feeling is, is a joyful, excited feeling or that feeling is a, a fearful feeling, right? Maybe an emergency. Decisions based on feelings are often bad decisions. They're, they're often the worst decisions because we're not really taking in all the facts. We're not equally weighing all the things, right? And our, other, our eyes, what we're seeing, what we're interpreting, it's lying to us. And we make bad decisions when we make decisions based on feelings. Um, I teach people all the time, and this was the case through COVID. I would coach a lot of businesses and a lot of business owners and the number one thing was, was how to make wise and healthy decisions, not decisions that are based out of an emotion or an emergency or chaos. And this is hard because sometimes there is an emergency, right? Sometimes a decision has to be made because something is on fire, right? And someone needs to take charge and make a decision. But that decision still needs to be done from a place of a stable mind right? It, you need to accurately observe everything and not let your eyes and your emotions deceive you into making the wrong decision. And that is one of the key parts of being a leader is, is figuring out how to make wise and accurate decisions in, in, in a circumstance where there are high emotions and potentially high emotions for you and everyone around you. And this is something in my life that I've had to really work on. And there's a few techniques to being able to, 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 to do this. But the first one is, you know, just taking a five second break, right? You may not have a lot of time to react, but taking a five second break or a few minutes, if you have that, let your feelings and emotions go and then observe yourself from the outside, right? What would someone from the outside give you as advice? What would you give someone else? as advice on this decision that's in your situation. Because that, that, that kind of switches the perspective. If you're in the situation and it's a highly charged emotional situation and you're the one in it, right? You're, you're weighing it at a higher level than it probably should be weighed. But if you look at this situation as if it were somebody else, right? And let's say you're giving somebody else advice on what they should do right now, that might change. Right? You, you'll have an, a more objective approach to 
what that decision needs to be and how to make that decision. And, and I'll just end with this little point um, on, this, on this first one, right? This, this, this idea that the, your eyes cannot be trusted. Why is it that our feelings and our eyes cannot be trusted? There was a paper written by a, a man named Daniel Kenneman. And uh, it actually won a Nobel Prize. And I believe it's the only Nobel Prize ever awarded to essentially an essay, right? And it's called The Focusing Illusion. And the, focus, the Focusing Illusion states that nothing is as important as it seems when you're focusing on it, okay? And that means that when you are focused on a thing, your brain interprets it as more important than it actually is. And this is how sales work, right? We, like, we know that there's a window when you're, when you're selling something to somebody and someone inquires and is excited about buying something. Um, let's, let's take like a car, for example, right? We all have that feeling of wanting to buy and being ready to buy something. And then that feeling lessens the further you get away from the situation. And so you may really want something and you may buy it. And then you might still feel good about it, or you might have uh, buyer's remorse, right? That's why buyer's remorse exists is because of the focusing illusion. When you're in sales and you're selling something to somebody, there's a window of when they're really excited because selling, taking like someone, the act of buying something is driven by emotion, right? It's, it, Tony Robbins actually says this, that emotion, sorry, action is based on emotion, Right? People take action based on emotion and then they use logic to back up that decision. And so this is why our eyes cannot be trusted. Right? This is why our feelings cannot be trusted because when we're in the state, we're not able to accurately balance what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to make decisions. So that's the first takeaway is this idea of our eyes cannot be trusted. The second thing, and I just this is like a side note in here, but to me, if you're, in, if you're listening to this, you're likely doing something and pursuing something with a lot of ambition, a lot of energy. Maybe you run a business and own a business. Maybe you're trying to build wealth. Maybe you're trying to lead a charge for something missional. Don't know. Um, but if you're listening to this, that's likely the case. And in verse, eight, in verse 18 of chapter four, it says, while we do not look at things which are, are seen, but at things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things are, which are not seen are eternal. Okay, the idea that our life extends beyond our life is an important one, and I want to make a point to say it's important to do what is right. Sometimes in business, we're tempted to sacrifice, or if we're pursuing something that we want, we're tempted to sacrifice our morals, our ethics, maybe what we know is, is right, maybe our character, in order to achieve the thing that we want so badly. And I can relate to this. There are things that I want so badly, and there are, there, there, as, as, I've, as I've grown up and I look back at my life, like there are things that I've wanted so badly that if given the opportunity to get them, I might sacrifice, might have sacrificed my character or not done the right thing or kind of like 
bent the rules a little bit. And I'm not talking about like necessarily laws and, you know, uh, man-made things. I'm talking about like kingdom principles. And I think it's really tempting to not do what's right. And what I've learned in the, in the last several years or, the, the, or, or in the later part of my life, what I've learned is, and you probably heard me say this a whole lot, but there are success principles that are like woven into the universe, like literally woven into the universe, right? The equivalent gravity, like, the, some, like gravity is a law, right? You can, you can either work with it or you can work against it. There are other success principles woven into the universe. Like what you sow is what you reap. There are things about human nature that are woven into the universe. When we compromise and, and try and go, when we compromise our character and, and our ethics and what's right, we're really going against those success principles. You know, and we think we're getting a shortcut to the thing that we want so badly. But what we're actually doing is making a decision for a short-term win that's going to have long-term negative effects because we're going against the success principles that are woven into the universe. And so that's why I think it's so important to just keep in mind your business or whatever you're doing, even if it's not faith-based, like I run, I run all my businesses. None of them are, are, um, quote, Christian businesses, right? Where, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not running a church. I'm not running charities. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're in the mainstream doing real, doing business with, with all sorts of people. And I think for a lot of you, that's probably the case as well. And and it might seem natural to like just separate, you know, you're, you got your godly activities over here and you got your business activities over here. The truth is it's all one, right? And so the compromises you might make on the business side are going to f- affect the rest of your life. And I think for people that are highly ambitious, I think it's a really important point to make because I have to remind myself like there are future things that are way more important than these current things. And if I violate my character and morals and convictions and ethics in the short term for a short-term win, it's going to have long-term negative effects. And because it's so tempting to do that, I think it's important for, for our crowd, for our people to like remember that kind of thing. Okay, the next point I want to make is it's so interesting as you jump into chapter five, verse six, seven, and eight, where Paul's talking about being absent with, with God as being present in the body, being present with God is being absent from the body. And, um, and it's, you're actually throughout this entire chapter, he's sort of doing this thing that I call stacking. Okay, so this is a principle that... Um, can be really powerful. And, I, and it's just illustrated here. So I'm not going to talk about necessarily what he's talking about here. I'm talking about the idea of stacking the deck in your favor. In whatever you're doing, there's a psychological mindset trick 
which is super powerful. It's called stacking the deck in your favor. It's essentially making everything a win-win, right? It's, it's creating perspective in your situation. And so that's what he does. He's like, if I die, I'm with God. If I don't die, I'm here and I'm doing my work. Like I win either way. Most people, their, their greatest fear is death. And what he's done is he's stacked the deck in his favor to be like, you know, if I die, it's actually better. Like I'm, I'm, I, there's a benefit. And so I'm not saying I want to die, but there's, you know, it's great. Like I know it's going to be great after the life and during the life. So he stacked the deck. And this is something you can do in all sorts of decisions with all sorts of endeavors in every, in every area of your life. I do it in business a lot. And so, you know, when we're going into a new endeavor, we're actually launching um, a couple businesses right now. And as I go into that new endeavor, my goal is to stack the deck in my favor it, where, okay, we're going to do this thing, right? And the best case scenario or, or my ideal outcome would be whatever that is. And that's what I'm shooting for, right? A 10X goal. But if I don't achieve that goal, or if I partially achieve that goal, how do I win when, if that's the case? And, if, and really, here's where the trick is. What is the worst case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? What could, what could uh, well, you know, where this is a total failure? And then how do I look at that? And how do I say, how is that thing also a win? You do this in front of what you're pursuing. You do this before, beforehand. When you do this, you're able to not be fearful of the downside, right? And you win either way. Now, this is not to make you complacent and to make you want to lose. But the fact is, is we're going to all lose. There are all failures that are going to happen, right? Like you're going to have more failures than successes because in order to get successes, you need to have multiple tries. In order to have multiple tries and get a success, you're going to have multiple failures on the road to that. This is something that I didn't learn until, until later in life. And, and really, you have to embrace this. Like if you're going to be a winner, you must embrace the idea that you will lose, right? And so somehow you have to take a benefit and see the lose as a win. Right? What is how is the failure a win? Well, the obvious one, or obvious if you're in this circle, is when you see it as a learning experience, right? You've learned from this thing. Right. I'm one step closer to winning because I actually tried, I failed, I figured out what was wrong with it and what I need to do better. And the next time I'm gonna do better. That so 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 seeing the loss or the failure as not a failure but a learning experience. I was talking to my son, who's a goaltender in soccer, right? And when, when you play any sport, you're going to, to lose a lot, right? And when you play certain positions, you're probably going to you know, get a bunch of goals scored on you if you're a goaltender, right? Over the course of your, your season. If you're, if you're in baseball, like you're going to probably strike out way more times, not probably, you're going to strike out way more times than you're going to hit home runs. And so you've got to be able to frame the strikeouts, the losses, the goals, 
scored on you, the whatever they are, you have to be able to frame them in a way that actually is positive, that actually is helpful to you actually achieving the thing that you want, which is getting better and achieving something, right? And so one way to do that is every single rep, like every single time is a repetition, right? And so you're getting better and better, right? The more, the more uh, shots shot on you as a goaltender, the more experience you have, the more likely you are to, to get better at saving them, right? You have the more the more you're understanding exactly where to be. So you're getting better and better. It can actually be a a great curse to never have any downside or never have any losses because number one, you're probably not setting big enough goals or trying hard enough or pushing yourself hard enough. Number two, you're not going to grow through winning. Winning is actually not really where the growth happens, right? Losing is kind of where the growth happens because you have to grow beyond that in order to get better and actually achieve something greater. So it doesn't push you when you when you win, it may drive you and give you confidence. There's a whole bunch of benefits to winning. But it doesn't push you to needing to become better. And so there's this idea of stacking the deck, which I kind of which I just see it as interesting. Paul does this actually throughout his writings. He does that idea of stacking the deck. And then the last one, the last point I'm going to end on here is based on verse seven of chapter five, which is for we walk by faith, not by sight. And this is a classic verse. And um, I want to talk about faith for a second. Success in anything requires faith, right? Because your, your, the, your feelings and your eyes deceive you. You're not going to be able to depend on them, right? You're going to have losses like I just talked about. You're going to have things that discourage you. You're going to have failures. You're going to have uh, really difficult times. And so to be successful at anything requires a high level of faith. And then, so then the natural question is, is, well, what gives me that faith? Well, well, we've talked about this idea of a vision and a mission. I think that's part of it, right? That's a big part of it. But faith is really, it's not about what you feel. It's really about what you believe, right? We've talked about this idea of belief and expectation, being able to expect and believe something powerful is coming in the future, like have that belief. That's very, very powerful. All sorts of championship athletes and successful people have one thing in common, a very strong belief and a very strong expectation. But even going further than that, right? The idea of faith. I wrote down, and I think this is really important, that faith is a decision. It's a decision that you make, right? Because it's not about what you feel. It's not about what you see. It's actually just you deciding to believe something, right? And, and because, by the way, you don't believe anything because it's true. You, everything that you think is true is true because you believe that it's true. So just process that for a second. Because once you realize that everything 
that you have in your mind is really something that you believe is true. And you understand that belief is the cornerstone to every single cell in your head, every single thing shuffled away in your mind. Belief is the cornerstone of it. And belief is a decision. And so if that's the case, why not believe something powerful? So when it comes to success and when it comes to faith, decision-making is critical. And I talked about decision-making at the beginning of this and talking about it at the end because that muscle of deciding, deciding to believe in something is how you can be successful at anything. It's really not what you see. It's certainly not what you feel, right? There are gonna be days where you feel like everything's failing. There are gonna be days where you feel like everything's great and it's not. It's not about what you see, right? There are gonna be days where your bank account doesn't line up with what you believe is actually coming. Like there, there, are, there are things that are going to, that you cannot trust. And so faith is really critical And how do you get faith? Well, you have to decide to believe something. And that takes risk, right? But we see this in a lot of ways, right? Like if you're you're flying a plane, I know a few pilots. And when you're when you're in pilot school, training school, and 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 you're they'll they'll do certain things. One of the things that they do is they cover, they, they take away your vision and you get flipped upside down and you get disoriented and your feeling is you don't know which way is up, right? Because you're completely disoriented. So you may feel like up is actually down because you're upside down. And so if you, if, you, if you act based on those feelings, you will crash. So what do you have to do? You have to trust and believe in your instruments, okay? So then you have to trust that even though it feels like up is up, my instruments are telling me that up is actually down. And so I need, to, I need to go down to go up. There are so many situations. Like, there, you know, I've, I don't know if you've ever done cold plunging, but I've done cold plunging before. And I know it's like, a, it's like a big craze and there's a lot of really great benefits to it. But when you get in for the first time, if you've never done it before, your body tells you you're going to die. Like, it's just in your mind, it's going to start body's going to tell your mind, freak out, freak out, freak out. We have to get out of here, right? So you have to do breathing exercises in order to calm your body and your brain and control it because your feelings are lying to you. Your body is lying to you. You're not going to die. When you do something uncomfortable, when you pursue something and and, and then you get attacked and you get disrupted, and a lot of you know a lot of challenging things begin to happen right your mind may say abort 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 right this is the wrong thing faith requires or or uh to succeed requires a belief and faith to actually push through those things and if you don't have that faith and that belief then maybe you should turn around right but if you if you really believe in where you're going that's a decision and and I just wanted to end on this idea that faith is a decision. It's a decision to believe something. And we all 
We all, everything we think is true is, we think is true because we believe it's true. Belief is the cornerstone. So decide to believe and forget about what your eyes tell you and your feelings tell you, especially when you're pursuing something, especially when you're pursuing something that you feel like is your mission, is your God-given vision, is something that is powerful, something that is worth pursuing. All right. Well, listen, I hope this was helpful and encouraging to you today. It helps you live a high performance and ambitious life and achieve things. If you'd like to learn more about me, or if you'd like to maybe get these in your inbox or as a text message in the morning, go to bizdevo.com. That's B-I-Z-D-E-V-O.com. Or you can learn about me at kenott.com. That's K-E-N-O-T-T.com. And until next time, thanks and never stop growing. 